Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, can't wait to hear what's our what's our question for the Well, day. this is a question that's a heavy one. So get your best thinking cap on. And we really appreciate this question from this teacher because it's got to be heavy for them. So here we go. It's about learning loss. Hi, yes, my question is, um, given the amount of um, learning that has been lost this past year because of COVID and online learning and so on and so forth, how do we as teachers move our students forward in their learning when we are actually starting at a loss in many cases and we still have uh, accountability for their learning. Thank you. All right. So moving students forward when we're potentially backwards before we start and we're held to a high standard that they'll move forward from in the past. What are your thoughts? I'll let you start. Isn't that nice of me? Yeah, I like how you tossed that to me. So uh, Lisa, I would say to my gen ed colleagues, um, look into some special ed strategies and tips, and I'll tell you why. To me, the problem teachers are facing, absolutely the learning loss, but also potentially a widening gap. So as kids have been working at home, it's potentially really widened the gap because some kids may have been diligently working and learning while others we're not sure what they did for this past year. <clears throat> so in, in special ed, as you know, we really start with a benchmark approach. And I think we're gonna have to go back to that. I think we're gonna have to start, start thinking about this as individual academic plans for kids when we come back. And to start in any classroom, I would absolutely start with pretests. I would do it in a way that doesn't greet kids with, you know, a hated long <laughs> exam or something, but very much meet it head on with a, hey, we understand everybody's been through different experiences. We're going to move forward. I can't wait to see what you've learned while you were gone. And I think we have to frame it positively. I think we have to understand what a benchmark approach is. And I think kids need to be a part of the solution in understanding how to set goals for themselves. So I wouldn't focus on it as loss. I would think about it as where are we now and what's our plan moving forward? Now, for testing, sure, we all need them to be proficient. But if we're trying to teach to exactly the same kid that left us, I don't think we're going to be successful. I think we have to customize our approach to start. Yeah. And I think this question is, so first of all, you stole my answer. I was going to say self-identified <laughs> goals, but that's good. It's a great one that we both agree and, and more of that individualized IEP. But I, I do think that uh, I'm going to use a sports analogy here. And, you know, right now it's March Madness. And I, I always am like when the score is like tied and the person gets up for the free throw, I always listen to their percentage and go, oh, you know, 30%, mm, odds aren't good or oh, 70. Whoa, I'd be not fouling that guy. 
I think it kind of goes to that analogy of your, your students are all going to be coming from different spots. So why not say not only self-identified goals, but let's just focus on growth. Say, I'm not really caught up in where you, where you are right now. I'm caught up in where you're going. And so if you're a 30% free throw person, let's get you to 50. If you're a 50, go to 70. And I think that's going back to that special education model. But I also think it goes back to what I often hear. And, you know, my friends in the Northeast, Becky, are like telling me, you know, kids are walking in the door April 15th or May 20th. And then locally here, our kids have been walking in the door, some of them from the beginning to the end. And you said, said it so well, some have walked in the door and some haven't even seen the door yet and may not see the door until next fall. But I think whatever they walk through the door or even when they're online, what is their benchmark, as you said so well, what is their goal? And reminding ourselves our goal isn't to pass a test. Uh, that is what we probably are holding stressed. But our goal is for kids to show what they know so they can pass that test. And I think it goes back to something we've never talked about for UDL. Uh, but it goes back to that concept of assessment being broader than what the state test is. And I always say to teachers, look, 180 days of the school year, the kids should be assessed in any way, shape or form. The one day of the year when they have to do standardized testing and they're going to fail that's part of life. I saw that with my own son that one day. But again, if you set me up to fail 180 days, that one day I'm not going to do any better. But if 180 days I'm successful and that one day under big pressure, I go back to my 30% free throw shooting. It's okay because that's the best I could do without more options and more coaching and more consideration. But it, that day is meant to compare me to everybody else. The rest of the time is for me to show growth and progress as a learner. So um, I appreciate the nod to the sports analogy, <laughs> and um, and I I agree with this idea of the testing. Now, what I know and what you know is that teachers still worry about it, sure. and I'm often reminded of something you told me years ago, and I don't remember why we were talking about it, <clears throat> but you pointed out that research shows that the more we talk about the test, the worse our students do. So I think it's important, again, to, to manage our language around all of this. It's okay for kids to come back rusty. Dust off, let's see where we are, let's see what we're doing, let's see where we're going. So I think it's there's a lot of disposition shaping for the kids and for ourselves. For a very practical, specific strategy going into this next school year or the next time you see your students, whether it's in April, is to think about station teaching, no matter what grade level you teach, and think about three different stations you might have. So if you hit a topic, let's say I am teaching middle school math and I'm teaching um, uh, order of operations, and you guys who are math teachers can tell me that I don't know anything about middle school math to mention it. I taught some kids who were still working on order of operations then, you guys. So let's just say order of operations and I've given the pretest and I understand there's a wide gap. Most of my students already have mastered this. Some of them are emerging and some can't remember a single thing that they've ever learned about that topic. So instead of having my students who already know that content have to listen to it, I have an extension area. So, you know, if you feel like you have mastered this. And of course I know who has, cause I have the sheet circle up over here for an extension activity. If you feel like you understand it, but you need more practice independently circle up over here for the independent station. And if you need to go over it one more time with me, 
circle up over here in the review station. And having kids choose which area they think they need and then gently leading them if they don't choose the one that I'm pretty sure they need. So I, I, I always say it's a choice. If, if it's kids older than, you know, second or third grade, I give them the choice. I definitely don't tell them they have to go to one group or the other, but I offer all three options on any given topic so I can remediate those kids face-to-face -face who need it in a smaller group and challenge the kids who need extension because they already know it. So I think we have to go into this, this next time we're with our kids' whole group with that type of mindset, understanding that there's a wide range of needs and structuring our classes so we can attempt to meet those needs. And still social distancing. So we got that there's a lot of moving targets. And, you know, I'm going to kind of end with my advice to this teacher is just remember to be nice to yourself and your kids. Uh, your kids are going to come back. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. There is a level of trauma we all have right now. You know, it doesn't matter if you've lived the Pollyanna life or you've lived the roughest life in the world during this pandemic. We all have some level of trauma too. Do I need to put my mask on? Did I wash my hands enough? Am I too close to this person? Like, like I don't know about you, but like I go to the grocery store and go, oh, I can't go down that aisle because there's a human. I'm like, when did that habit start? And so there is this sense I think already for our teacher friends out there that you already got a level of stress in your life period. So looking at your students' gaps and, and looking at where they aren't may be more stressful than where do you want them to go. So I would recommend that. And then do maintain self-care for yourself, but do recognize that your students need you to help them overcome trauma. So this is like a really old school idea, but it's one that I always pull out when I feel like I've came, gone into the negative mode. Pull out that sheet of 100 ways to say something positive to your students. And as they're learning to grow and self-identify, overly praise them for growth and neutralize loss. Because I just think it, it's stress for you. It's stress for them. And right now, the bandwidth for stress in this country is in the negatives already. So we don't want to go further down that path. And we do know that has a lot. Trauma has so much to do with learning and growth, both for you and yourself. So be nice to yourself is my greatest message. And, and Google the term um, individualized academic plan. You might be able to find some good examples in there um, that some people use for every single student in the class that for the kids who don't have an IEP, they have an IAP and everybody knows exactly where they're starting and what they're working towards. I really recommend a focused approach like that. Great. So we know everybody may not get there, but your, your, your term is growth. So we thank you for joining us and thank you for the great question. If you have further questions, send them to 407-900-9305 on our Google Voice mail, or you can send us to at Access Practical on Twitter or on our Facebook. Thanks.